All right, guys, I think we're going to get started. Thank you for coming out at 8.30 on a Saturday night. Uh, I know it's a real party in here. I, you know, we're not actually Awesome Con After Dark, like, specifically, but I kind of wish we were because we host a podcast. It's very drunk, so if anyone's <laughs> listened to it before. Um, do, do, do. I had notes for this panel, and I don't know where they went. We'll stop. Yes. Yeah, you, you can introduce yourself, and then we can all introduce ourselves while you look for notes. Yes, because I had it open, and then my phone ate them, but that's fine. I can do this. Uh, <laughs> thank you for coming. So um, we're going to be talking about uh, cross-media storytelling in Star Wars, and um, as you know, for like the past year, we've been getting a lot of news about all kinds of new things that are coming out across all different kinds of mediums. We've got TV, we've got books, we've got video games, so we're going to be talking about all of those. Um, I'm Kate, and I will be moderating this panel, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am a co-host of Book Wars Pod, which is a podcast about um, discussing literally what we were going to be discussing on this panel, mostly through the canon books. Um, we do deep dives into those. Um, we've done bonus episodes on various other things. Um, I am also a co-founder of the Star Wars What Matters hashtag campaign, and I'm a writer for Tashi Station, and I'll let my lovely panelists introduce themselves while I figure out what I'm doing. <laughs> Hello, my name is also Kate. Um, E.K. Johnston usually is what uh, I go by panels because then it's a little bit easier to keep all of us separated. Um, and I wrote Star Wars Ahsoka and Star Wars Queen's Shadow. Hi, my name is not Kate. <laughs> I am from California. I am a writer for StarWars.com and also a contributor to Star Marvel, Star Wars comics, Age of Republic, and Age of Rebellion. So if you pick up some of those and read the essays in the back, I probably wrote at least one of those. Uh, aside from that, I am also the managing editor for Tashi Station, and I do a lot of other things, but I can, do you need to, me to keep stalling? Because I can keep listing them. Oh, I found them. Okay, good, <laughs> cool. I won't bore you with the list then, but I also host some other podcasts too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Chris. I'm another co-host of the Book Wars pod, along with Kate number one at the end of the panel, <laughs> uh, and also a contributor to Tashi Station. Thanks for coming out, y'all. Yay. All right, so um, as I was saying, 2019, going to be a big year for Star Wars content. We've got nine coming out. We've got The Mandalorian coming. Um, Star Wars Resistance is coming back, thank God. Um, lots of books happening. Um, so in your opinion, what do you think, um, it's like just to start off, what are the benefits, do you think, of telling one big story across all these media, especially as Star Wars becomes bigger and bigger and kind of more sprawling? I mean, obviously, I have a bias towards the books, but um, I think my favorite thing about the sort of using all the media to sort of get people is that you attract a hugely varied audience. So, like, my nephew loves Star Wars because he started with Star Wars Lego. Like, not even the Lego show, the actual boxes. Um, and that's kind of, like, where his love of Star Wars came from. And I just like the idea that if you... It's, it's available through a variety of different storytelling medium, depending on what you like and what sort of appeals to you. It lets you tell a lot of different stories. There are some stories that are more suited to, say, video games, while others are more suited to the medium of comic books. And so I think that part of, of why it's so cool that they're telling, it's everything goes together, but it's not necessarily, I would disagree about it being one big story. It's just all part of like one big galaxy and you get the different stories in there so there's something for everyone 
Yeah, I would agree with everything that's been said and also just add that it really adds to the range of creators that you can bring to the process as well. You know, you have uh, authors of novels, authors of short stories and comics, obviously writers of films and television, video games. You have all these different talent bases that can tell all these different stories in all these different ways. And I think that makes it so much more exciting. One of the cool things, I think, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, is that um, this is kind of a new way of, like, imagining a fictional universe. Like, obviously, um, you know, Marvel's on everyone's mind right now for obvious reasons. Um, But there are differences, obviously, between the movies, which are supposed to be one contained thing, and the comics, which are usually one contained thing. Um, And it's just kind of interesting to us, I think, um, just to... just fitting everything together across everything is um, a really interesting storytelling experiment. But there are definitely drawbacks, I feel like. Um, what do you all see as being maybe some of the pitfalls of this stuff? <laughs> I mean, like, I'm really bad at video games. So um, unless I watch someone else play them, um, I'm <laughs> unless I watch Bria play them, I'm... I, like, I feel like sometimes I'm missing out on that. And also sometimes it's just really hard to keep up. Also, a lot of stuff doesn't air in Canada, but that's different. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I, had a, I had an answer and then I just... No, I have it now. Um, I think that part of the problem is that everything, as far as Star Wars goes, will always... The movies always come first. So what stories that the books and the television shows and the comics are able to tell has to, it can't get in the way of the films and especially can't get in the way of the episode films. So whereas someone might have a really cool story they want to tell about, uh, let's say, Kylo Ren said about five years before The Force Awakens happens, we can't do that yet because we have to wait and see what will happen and I don't know why I'm saying we, like I would get to tell that story because I'm not telling that story. Um, but we, we don't necessarily get to hear that story yet. We have to wait and see what happens with the episodes. And then from there, usually things get filled in afterwards. Yeah, and I think another aspect of it that makes it difficult for storytellers is just fitting into the box that's already been created by other uh, authors, screenwriters, other content creators along the way. Just because, you know, I think for many creators, and you know, I am of the four people on here, I am the least creative on stage. So I would love to get people's thoughts on this as well. But like, I feel like there's a difference between creating a world that you have complete control over and working within an IP like Star Wars. And I feel like that is, it's a totally different kind of writing. And so it takes different skills. I mean, it definitely does. Um, but I also find Star Wars to be really fun for that and it might be because I came up through fandom like I came up um, writing fan fiction so like back on live journal which was the style at the time and um, we just had these like huge fanfic communities and if someone came up with something like a, an original character or uh, like a creature or whatever that you really liked or like a backstory point you'd be like can I borrow that and put it into my fanfic um, and so like for me it, it I, that's sort of how I came up as a writer and so um, like the, the two books, specifically with Queen's Shadow, just because that's what's on my mind the most right now, um, I basically, I wrote the draft of Queen's Shadow, and then I read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, and 
there were parts in the draft of Queen's Shadow that were like, I will describe this after I read Leia, Princess of Alderaan, because I knew that Claudia would have already described the building that we're in. Um, and then when I landed, I was like, dear Jen, who is my editor, I just read Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Don't worry, I will fix the Panaka scenes. And so then I had to go back through the book and do that. With Master and Apprentice, though, um, so I read Master and Apprentice after Queen's Shadow had come out, and I read it, and I was like, how did we do this without speaking to each other? We are geniuses. Like, it was amazing. And just, like, the, the and especially, like, the, the flash forwards at the end and all that kind of stuff was just like, we are so good at this. We literally did not talk about it. And part of that is that the editors know what's going on, um, so they kind of keep us on track, which means we get to be surprised, which is nice. Um, but it is, it's definitely a different skill set, but it's a ton of fun. So there's that. I really love how many of the Star Wars authors right now have come up through fanfic because, mm-hmm. like you said, you're used to that. And then a lot of what you're we're talking about before with people just sort of accept things and you take them on, like the fanon. Like there's canon and then there's fanon. And it's cool to see that sort of happening officially like obviously i mean obviously it goes through the story group and everything and the editors but you're seeing these things you're like oh they're like us well i mean and like the most obvious thing for me is when i saw the battlefront 2 playthrough because i suck at video games um i was like hey matt can i have the ion pulse and they were like, why? And I was like, I need it for a thing. It will make sense when I get there, I promise. And they let me have the Ion Pulse, which is from the video game, and I put it in one of the books. So that was super fun. But I think my favorite story is um, the one that Claudia Gray always tells in terms of like management and how they tell you what you can and cannot do. She wanted to have the executor... Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it's twice nice. in a row. So the executor on, um, she wanted to have the executor do something at the end of Lost Stars. And they were like, it can't go there. And she was like, it's a spaceship. It can go wherever it wants. And they were like, that is true, but it cannot go there. And she was like, whatever. So she came up with a new spaceship. And then, um, when the trailer for The Force Awakens come out, there's the executor flipped upside down on Jakku with Ray's speeder going in front of it. And she was like, oh. <laughs> That's why I couldn't have it in the book, right? Because, and so, like, they're really good at, like, just kind of letting you still be surprised by Star Wars, which is one of my favorite things. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, kind of going off a thing you were saying, Brie, about the films kind of being at the top. Um, so, one of the things we learned at Star Wars Celebration this year is that they're kind of taking a break on the films for a little bit. Um, so, what do you, we think, like... Where are the opportunities there, I guess, in terms of storytelling? Because um, it does kind of create an opening, but also, like, then what is Star Wars for the general public? Project Luminous, and I really, really want to know what it is, and it's killing me that we don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess for those of you who were not quite as tied into Star Wars news, at the Lucasfilm, one of the Lucasfilm publishing panels, they announced something called Project Luminous and had Charles Soule, Justina Ireland, Kevin Scott, uh, Daniel Jose Older and Claudia Gray, which are all really awesome names to be telling Star Wars stories. And they're like, Project Luminous. What do you guys think it is? It's coming. It's next, next year. And we know nothing about it. But with that many awesome authors involved, I have to imagine it's very big and it's going to be super cool. I was standing in the Delray booth when it was announced and they were all like bees buzzing around, like a pure excitement. It was, it was really neat. Um, I I actually I really like 
Disney's management of Star Wars, and I'm usually not the cynical, uh, it's, it's all, you know, merchandise and money focused, but Disney Plus. Yeah, it's, Disney Plus for sure. All the stories are going to be coming on Disney Plus, I think, for the foreseeable future, which is, for those of you who don't know, Disney's upcoming uh, streaming service that's going to be launching this November. That's where The Mandalorian is going to be showing. That's where the last season of The Clone Wars is going to be showing. Um, I would imagine Star Wars Resistance is going to be on there as well once they get it up and running. Um, I just had a thought. Galaxy's Edge. Are they going to like refresh the story that's being told there every so often? Probably. I've honestly been wondering about that. So for those, <laughs> again, for those who don't know, Galaxy's Edge is the new Star Wars section of Disneyland and Walt Disney World that they're coming and like they're incorporating like actual, everything. yeah, they're incorporating everything, the actual canon story elements that you can like live through, which is awesome. And I can't even yeah. get my mind around it yet. Apparently how you do on like the Falcon ride and the resistance ride and it'll be attached to your magic band or something. It'll affect how people in the park treat you like the cast members and everything. That's yeah. no good. That's, a, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. I'm going to be getting so much shade from Disney employees. So I really want to. But, but here's the I thing. Know. I want to go through like multiple times. I know it's not like financially feasible. But <laughs> I, I want to go through one time as like a hardcore resistance, like member of the rebels. And then another time as like my first order self where I'm just like, oh, sorry, did you? I saw a rebel going that way. Yes, <laughs> please, please go. Hano and Afka, go get them. And just see how that changes. Sorry, I derailed the panel. Oh, my bad. No, it's I think, fun. I'm I think the sort of the variation and the immersion aspects of it are going to be interesting. And I think right now they're in a position where, like, Star Wars is kind of popular. What? Um, so, they, so they can experiment. Yeah. They can experiment with all these, like, weird sort of boundary-pushing things because it's really kind of a big deal. And I think that when you give artists and I'm including the Disney Imagineers who might actually be magicians in this um, category. Um, when you give artists a budget and you're like, make something ridiculous, they usually do. Yeah. And like, I mean, like I do it in a very small way, but like when people have these like sort of group projects together, I think it's going to be fantastic. And I have no idea what any of it's going to be. And I'm so excited. Yeah. Also not entirely on topic, but when you let these people do magic things, how for the Mandalorian, they showed us a little, little tiny snippets and they just decided to like make an actual model of the ship and shoot it that way just because they could like the head of ILM was making it in his garage just for funsies and I'm like I love that people love Star Wars and love creating like this so much that this is what they do in their garages at home also I love that they're actually like throwing all the money at the Mandalorian right now like they're making it they're gonna make it worth it um especially because we are going to have that it's yeah. so beautiful. I know. It's and the music's gorgeous. so good. So yes. jealous oh, of everyone who so got good. to see that. They, yeah, they, so, um, Sorry. They showed a little bit of the behind-the-scenes footage at Celebration, and I don't think they've officially released it, but no. somebody like popped their f- cell phone out, and so it's on YouTube if you want to look that up. I didn't say that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like, I think The Mandalorian is a great example of some of the opportunities, because like to what Kate and Brio were saying about like how beautiful it looks and how beautiful it sounds, like it looks and feels like Star Wars. It looks and feels like the original trilogy because it's set in that timeline. And like the ability to capture that mood and that like way of seeing the Star Wars galaxy is really awesome. And we're going to get to see so much more of that now. I'm so excited for like the Ragnarok version of that, like for that episode. Yes. It's going to be so good. Yes. The, the list of directors and uh, writers they have is fantastic. So, yeah. I feel like The Mandalorian is sort of 
It's their it's their test it's, balloon. Yeah, it's their Rogue One. Honestly, everyone everyone loved this, so we get more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and also completely <laughs> entirely off topic, but I love that for the Mandalorian, they needed a whole bunch. They didn't have enough stormtrooper uniforms, so they literally just called the five zero first and said, "Hey, we need you to do a thing." I know. I know. There's a lot them. of stormtrooper uniforms. Yeah, they didn't tell them what they what they needed it for. They're like, "We need like twenty of you to show up tomorrow," and they did. And they're like, "Yeah, by the way, you're on the Mandalorian, and now your armor is literally screen used." <laughs> and so they you got please like, sign this non disclosure agreement. Yeah, please. We sign your life away. In your own blood. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, but I think with the Mandalorian, like you were saying, with the Mandalorian, um, it's a chance for them to do something different. They're not working with established characters. Like, even with the Cassian show, he's now an established character. And this feels, they went with with their A-team as far as their director and executive producer goes, but it's, this could easily have gone wrong. It could still easily go wrong, but I think it's going to go right in a ton of ways. I almost said I have a good feeling about it, and then I, like, checked myself. <laughs> Get off the panel. Um, <laughs> easy, easy there, easy there. <laughs> um, so kind of, like, branching off of what we've been talking about, um, obviously there are a lot of new storytelling opportunities, and they're already bringing in a lot of new voices, but um, what other creators, either specifically by name, or, like, what other voices would you like to see, like, pulled in now, since we're... Getting bigger. I mean, I have a list, um, but um, I talk a lot about how much I love the character of Enfys Nest, um, which means that people will often tweet at me and be like, I hope you write an Enfys Nest book. And I reply generally, I need you to read a book called Trail of Lightning and then start a letter writing campaign. Um, uh, the author is a woman by the name of Rebecca Roanhorse, and I think she would absolutely kill an Enfys Nest book, and that's my current dream novel that I don't write. Where's your petition? Can I sign it? I'm, I'm very serious. <laughs> like it's Trail of Lightning it's, and then send a letter to, I don't even know who you would send it to. Tweet? No, I mean like send a, just like send a letter to like Kathleen Kennedy. I'm sure she's like reads all the fan mail. I, I always send letters to Kathleen Kennedy. Kennedy. Positive. Like, dear Kathleen Kennedy, this is a positive email. <laughs> <laughs> Please hire Rebecca Roanhorse to write it if it's not yeah. simple. I still need to read that sequel. But that first one was good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who. So my picks for a Star Wars TV show for a long time would have been, and I'm going to get the Whedon brother wrong, but Jed Whedon and Marissa Tantron, who have been doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because yeah. I adore everything that Marissa touches and I would like to see her do more of it. So if S.H.I.E.L.D. ends, just hire them to write a Star Wars. Um, please put Ming-Na Wen in a Star Wars already. Yes. That woman wants to be in one so badly mm-hmm. <laughs> and they haven't made it happen yet. Uh, and then I'm just going to keep with the theme and say that Julie Dow should get to write a Star Wars book and yes. I will cry if she doesn't. Julie Dow has a uh, forest of a thousand lanterns, which is like, I am known as like the positivity person. I don't usually enjoy villain backstories. And this is a story about how the evil queen in Snow White becomes the evil queen in Snow White. And it is one of my favorite books ever. Yeah. and <laughs> queen of my heart. <laughs> um, in terms of books, I would absolutely love to see, N.K. Jemisin get her chance to write in the Star Wars universe. I recently saw that she is going to be writing IP work in the Green Lantern, I think, universe, and that makes me really excited that that's work that she wants to do and like is willing to do, because it gives me hope that we can get her in Star Wars one day. Um, also, yes to Ming-Na Wen, and can we put her in a movie with Brie Larson, because they are just both massive Star Wars nerds, and it would be fantastic. 
That's so pure. I love that. <laughs> she would be so happy. Like, Ming-Na Wen would just literally go sit on set as an extra if they let her. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Oh, I would love that. And then Chloe Bennett can be in it, too. And I'm going to start yeah. several petitions after this panel. This is what's happening. Um, We're keeping have, a list. It's fine. Yeah, you have my story. <laughs> Somebody's recording this, so, you know. Well, I'll, I'll, I got it. You have my Twitter and my retweet here we go thanks guys um so what stories are uh, that are coming up are you specifically excited for right now like what are you most excited for in star wars right now i'm cautious i'm i don't know that i'm most excited about this but i'm really interested in vader immortal which is the upcoming um i don't even know how to describe it yeah thank you vr experience have you played the first one uh, no, so, I have not. I've not played Secrets of the Empire. I thought I was going to be really terrible at it because I'm not good at video games, but you can't die. So you get shot a lot and you, you just don't die. And like when you when you do it, it's like 20 minutes. And like I felt like I had like it was the most like adrenaline I had felt in like years, probably like it was amazing. Like the picture of all of us afterwards, we're all like, yeah, where's the next Death Star? Um, I but, screamed a lot. <laughs> well, and then my favorite part is like, they tell you multiple times, no running, no jumping, don't throw anything. And you're like, <laughs> wait, wait, don't spoil it. I'm not going to. Okay. And you're like, why would, why would you throw anything? And then there's definitely a point where I almost threw my blaster because yeah. like, it was like, it was broken. And I was like, last ditch effort panic. And I almost threw my blaster. And I was like, yeah, that's why they tell you not to throw things like 15 billion times because there's a moment where you definitely believe that you need like as a last ditch escape to throw your blaster. Yeah. yeah. And like, but it opens and like you step onto like a platform to go down to oh, Mustafar. Scary. And like, I really thought my friend Rachel was never going to step on. She knows she's in a room and she can't like, there's like wind and it's a little shaky and like she couldn't make herself step onto that platform to like take the skift. It was outstanding so i'm actually wow. really excited about i'm not even afraid of heights and that weirded yeah. me out it was, it was it was a lot yeah. that's amazing i really want to do secrets of the empire one day um when it opens in tyson's i'm we're doing a tashi station now <laughs> i'm not <laughs> even kidding about Absolutely. that yeah so void vr is opening in tyson's eventually um but like one of the things that excites me about vader immortal aside from probably needing a new tv because i crash into it at some point <laughs> is that like i think storytelling through VR is something that is still very much in its infancy and like being able to experience a story in that way is I'm going to be really interested to see how that works out and like if they can really make it immersive and feel like Star Wars without you know making it just feel like oh you're walking through a movie like in like I want I want to see how unique they can make it and I'm really interested to see how that plays out you want to feel like the safeties are disengaged Yes, exactly. Did you get to do the demo? I did. So I did that. Yeah. I was at Star Wars Celebration a couple weeks ago, and I did the demo. And it, I was, ple- I went in like a little bit cynical about it, but I was pleasantly surprised because like, it's, you know, it's, it's mostly just, the demo is mostly just like lightsaber combat. And so you're like up against training droids, which like is every nerd's dream. I'm so but bad at it. It's, <laughs> oh yeah. Like there's, there's, there's a video of me there's somewhere an, online flailing. It's it, great. It's great. It's an incredible video. He's just like flapping around and like almost smashing into the glass of uh, the yeah. little enclosure they had Did you have the problem where like you were holding, I kept holding my lightsaber really far out because I was just, I, for some reason in my brain, I couldn't like make myself hold it like I should. So it would be defensive. I was just like, <laughs> this is on fire and I want it away from me. Right? <laughs> He's shooting me. Stop shooting yeah. me. <laughs> um, but I will say one of the things I loved about the demo is like at the very end, there's a moment where like, Vader himself kind of comes out of the dark and like comes and talks to you and like I know I'm in a like glass walled booth with nothing around me I know that all of this is fake and yet like 
you're standing there and you're like, all right, you're in my bubble and I need you to back the fuck up. Right now. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry for language. <laughs> How do I follow that one up? <laughs> so I actually, I feel like I'm going to say everything because I'm really excited about so many things. Like I'm, I'm very pumped about the Mandalorian right now because after that footage, I just need it in my eyeballs right now. Um, I'm very cautiously optimistic about what they're going to do with the Cassian show because I really love Cassian Andor and I really hope they dive into like how he murdered a lot of people for a good reason. And if they don't do that, I will be really upset if they white, if they just, I don't want to say whitewash, but they make it, they don't lean into the, I've done so many terrible things. Um, but more closer than that, uh, Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed is coming out in June it is an, it's a book about starfighter pilots who have gone through hell and it shows and it's not quite like the race squadron books or the rogue squadron books from legends it's a lot heavier because alexander freed wrote it and he's going to take your emotions and go i'm going to stomp on them a lot and you're going to cry and you're going to like it um but it was yeah and that's the thing is like alex is the nicest person and i'm just like how can you write these horrible horrible things and make me want to cry on a plane um but it's it's a very good book it i'll warn you guys it's it's very heavy but you should absolutely be excited to read it and if you haven't read any of his other star wars books yet which are twilight company and the rogue one novelization please pick those up especially the rogue one novelization (laughs) he writes all the cheery stuff as you can see um also, that book is going to come with the comic inside it. I think it has a. It's, oh, so it it ties in with its Marvel Tie Fighter yeah. comic, which is five or six issues. It'll have a couple page preview, I think. But the stories you get, Alphabet Squadron is the Rebel side. Tie Fighter will be Shadowing, so like the Imperial side of it. Um, I think the thing I'm the most excited for is the Clone Wars. <laughs> Um, Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> slight personal bias there. Um, I just um, when like when I wrote the Ahsoka book, um, the, the exact directive was like, "Can you write a thousand words about the Siege of Mandalore and don't use any action sequences?" And I was like, "I mean, I guess." Um, and then they were like, "Oh, and by the way, you can have Bail Organa and no one else." And I was like guess and then i wrote the book and they were like you know when you mean rex you can say rex and i was like you told me not to say rex (laughs) there's a couple of scenes where it's very clearly rex and it's all in her memory so apparently that was fine but um but ever since then i've just kind of known that like if 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 we were ever going to get the siege of mandalore we were going to see it and what you talked about earlier with the different methods of storytelling being sort of like the different um, being one of the strengths of Star Wars, I like because people have been saying since the book came out, why didn't you write the Siege of Mandalore? And I'm like, because we're going to see the Siege of Mandalore someday, I'm sure. Dave Filoni is going to have it arranged so that we can see the Siege of Mandalore. And then last summer at, at uh, San Diego, all of a sudden my phone was blowing up and I was like two minutes from going on to an un-Star Wars panel. So it was like a grown-up fantasy author panel. And I was like watching the trailer and bawling my eyes out. And they were like, is she okay? And I was like, this will take much too long to explain. Um, so I'm, I'm super excited that we get to see. And again, I'm going to be surprised because they didn't tell me anything. <laughs> um, I know I'm really excited for season two of uh, Star Wars Resistance. I don't, if you aren't watching it, it's 
probably one of my favorite things in Star Wars right now. Um, I know that season two is going to focus a lot on a, um, the, I guess the divide between the uh, resistance of the first order. I have a lot of feelings about it, and I just realized I was going to say things, and if you haven't seen it, I was going to spoil it, but I did it. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't. I haven't watched season okay. one because I haven't had time. It's 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 a lot of feelings. It's okay. it's really good. It's, it's for all ages, but like kids will love it. If you're an adult, you'll love it because it's really smart and really well written, and like can't recommend it. If it's on Disney XD and the Disney Now app, and probably on Disney Plus when that comes out. Yeah. And Casiano is a good, precious boy who deserves <laughs> all the good things in life, and I just want him to be happy. I have some yeah. unfortunate news for you, in that he is a character in the show called Star Wars. <laughs> you know, and and very often characters in that show. Um, what said I? I know what happened to Delmi. <laughs> okay? I know what happened to the good soft boys in Star Wars. It's never happy. This is rude. <laughs> Um, but I think another thing in Resistance's favor is like for those of us who are excited about them bringing in different voices, um, you know, I, I, you know, we have characters like on TV who look like me and I'm very excited about it. So, um, if you want more of that, then definitely check it out. Um, we are going to take questions. Um, if it's more of a comment than a question, I kind of don't want to hear it. <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> um, if y'all have questions, we will definitely be taking them now. I love question marks. They're great. <laughs> I scared everybody. Jeez. Oh, can I keep talking? <laughs> there we go. Yes, sir. Well, yes, I do. I wrote some of them. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying is, I meant, like, for age, will there be ones for age of resistance? Um, like there was for rebellion and uh, republic. I can't answer that. Because to me, I keep on thinking about some characters. Friend, friend, yeah. Look at my face. I can't answer that. That's good. Yes. Yeah, and especially for all of you. There's any Star Wars tale you can think of. From book to screen. Uh, anything involving Grand Admiral Ray Sloan. Yes. Yes. Co-signed. Uh, she is a character in A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller and Chuck Wendig's Aftermath series. Um, all great books. She is an incredible leader of the remnants of the Empire after Return of the Jedi and uh, is just an incredible, uh, strong black woman who like fights the rebels or the alliance, now, or the Republic now. Uh, fights the other factions within the Empire and is fascinating and badass. Give me a Dr. Afra TV show and please, <laughs> let, me, and please <laughs> let me also write on it. <laughs> um, oh, I had one and then I forgot it. I would really, like, I'm not usually, every time someone's like, oh, I hope they make a Kenobi movie, I'm also like, eh, do we really need one though? However, if they adapted John Jackson Miller's Kenobi into a movie, I would 100% be there for that. Yeah. I I'm love also that shallow enough to admit that, like, I'm fine with the Kenobi movie. <laughs> Just for the bonus. <laughs> I'm also shallow enough to admit I'm fine with God. I mean, if I get my choice between Afra and Kenobi, I'm taking Afra, but I'm not going to object to it. I'm done. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Wait, Kate, what do you want to say? Um, oh, so I was I was actually talking on Twitter uh, literally today with some people who want um, A New Dawn, which is one of the novels in that book, adapted for screen, which I am a garbage Canara shipper for those who have watched Rebels. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very biased. <laughs> They should just make John Jackson Miller's books into movies. Yes. The takeaway from this. Or they just make a Battlefront movie and then like what happens in the year after Jakku and I just... <laughs> I was like a TV series about the daily lives of Ryan <laughs> Inversio and Del Mico. Like something, something shot in like the style of The Office. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> or like... Hold on, now I'm imagining Haskell into the camera like he's on right? The Office. Right? Or like, and then that's what I mean when I talk about like when, when, when we get like the experimental shenanigans is that mm-hmm. like we might... We we might get to see like if we get the western and and people support the western we might get something completely ridiculous yes. and that would be awesome i would love that i'm so just much. imagining now it's the thing from the office where it's like i am looking into the camera and being like the whole thing about <laughs> no nonsense and then ask being there with the sign of it has been zero days no, <laughs> <nonsense>. <laughs> i'm a serious person sometimes <laughs> It is nine o'clock at night, you know, all bets are off. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Um, I've been on this kick since the end of Rebels, and I want so badly an Ahsoka, Sabine, something. Yes. So my question would be, if you had to put odds on it, that we would ever get it, like on a a percentage, that we would ever get that in some form, whether it's a book or whatever, um, what would that be? Strong. Yeah. It's Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni loves his daughter. So Dave Filoni has two favorite characters, and they are Ahsoka and Sabine. So if we're all very, very good about The Mandalorian, um, and... like, And this is me talking as a fan. I cannot stress that enough. Um, it's just like, I hope we had to wait 10 years for more Ahsoka. So just unfortunately... We might have to wait this one out, but Dave Filoni has a dream and a plan and a reputation, and those are three really good things to have in Star Wars, so Mm -hmm. I'm optimistic and patient. Yes. Yep. Uh, What are your thoughts on uh, you giving the audio genre now that you've never going into? If you haven't done that before, that's really just popular on BBC Radio in Britain, and I'm happy now that an audio book band that we're doing that now in audio dramas. Uh, so I'm not really good with audiobooks because I my superhero power is reading absurdly fast. Um, so for me, audiobooks are slow. But given that they're doing a full dramatization of this, I'm super excited. I think it could be really, really cool. Also, it's Dooku, who I have an unreasonable amount of love for. Um, I mean, same. <laughs> I, yeah, I listened to the Ahsoka audiobook, and I didn't realize that it was like music and lightsaber noises so like it starts off and Ashley Eckstein is like Ahsoka by E.K. Johnston and like John Williams is playing me in and I'm sitting by myself in a hotel room in like Orlando crying because I'm like oh my god how is this my life um and and like the whole the whole book was like that and so um and they've done such a good job with like um with getting people to read the books and like um uh, Kelly Marie Tran read uh 
uh, Cobalt Squadron and um, Kat Tabor read the Padme book and like all that kind of stuff, which has been fantastic. Um, and I just think going forward with the full cast, audio is going to be fun. And having heard Mark Thompson switch back and forth between characters in person, it's, um, it's deeply terrifying and like amazing. And so I'm really excited to get to get to hear him do it with like the the rest of the cast to back him up on the voices he's not so great at because he's a dude. Right. Yeah, no. um, so, which is like, which is normal, I think. Um, but I'm super excited for it. Yeah. Also, I mean, more Dooku. What's not to like? Exactly. Dooku in his pajamas. And more adventurous, which I'm super and pumped for because I love her very much. We at the podcast are super pumped for this um, this audio drama. Um, I, you know, when we were when we were talking about. Uh, various like media that we would like Star Wars to expand into. I don't I don't even know that this one was on our radar. Like I yeah. especially because I you know, as Kate was saying, Delray does and um the, and um Disney Hyperion, they do such an amazing job with the audiobooks to begin with. It's almost like a audio yeah. production anyway. The audiobooks are actually all penguin. They're all penguin audio. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> Just no it's like I feel like sometimes no, Delray okay. spends half their Twitter being like E. K. Johnston does not write for us. She writes for our friends at Disney Publications. <laughs> And, like, to the point where, like, I send them stuff sometimes to be like, thanks for being half my social media presence. Um, and so I just like to be like, yes, if it's for someone under the age of 18 in print, it's either Disney, unless it's technical, in which case it's DK, and then, like, everything else is Delray. And all of the audiobooks, however, are Penguin, because publishing is confusing as heck. We have a nerd chart. for this sort of thing. It's good. It's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I am really excited just to echo what Kate was saying. Like, I this wasn't even on my radar as something I wanted until I heard about it. And then I was like, why has this not existed in my life before now? Um, and, and I think it's indicative of like when you put creative people in a room and say, here is an empty chalkboard. What do we want Star Wars to be? Like, this is the kind of thing that can come out of that conversation. Like audio, audio dramas, like media that people don't have on their radar to tell unique stories. And that's what I'm excited about. New stuff. I wonder if we're going to get one of those for Project Luminous. I, I I think that Project Luminous is going to be something similar and that nobody's thought of what it is yet. Yeah. It's not a block of cheese. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's a collection of hats. Oh my they had a, Delray puts a thing on their table of what do you think Project Luminous is and people put increasingly ridiculous responses, <laughs> including like block of cheese. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Yes, sir. In the back, yeah. I mean, they don't have the best track record. Yeah, it's valid. <laughs> um, I don't know. Give it something new. Yeah. I mean, the whole planet already blew up, so you might as well just try something new. Because honestly, I think I feel like what Bloodline showed was that the Senate wasn't working, and they were so focused on having a democracy and being a democracy that they never actually got things done. And I don't want to sound like Anakin here because I don't, I am not a fan of a dictatorship whatsoever, but there were issues. They were not worked out. And yeah. So I don't know what will be next, but I don't necessarily think it has to be the Senate. I think it'll be very complicated because it's very big. I think that's one of the things like when I was, when I sat down to actually write the Senate scenes in, in the Ahsoka or in the Padme book, it was weird to like, cause we've seen the pictures of that room in the movie and like how big it is and just how many people are there. And like Padme represents like 140 planets in the Chamal sector. And that just feels like a lot for one person. Um, and so I think that like, 
I don't know. I don't know. Yes. It's confusing. The way I kind of see that, I actually almost see some of those sectors going into more isolationism. They did try that once, though, yeah. too, and it didn't work out too well for most of the people in the Trade Federation. Yeah. But if the Hapes cluster comes back into canon, I can hear it for you. Oh, boy. Yeah, I... I don't, I don't know if I want that or not. Like, I think there's so much history behind it in Star Wars, whether it's the failure of the Old Republic or the failure of the New Republic. And, like, a lot of the failure of the New Republic feels really familiar to people who follow politics today. And so, like, it's, like, very frustrating to see a lot of this inaction and a lot of this, like, we need to let this useless debate happen for the sake of letting this useless debate happen and so like I'm I don't know I look forward to seeing what they give us <laughs> other questions yes sir That's okay. Hi, take come here. Take one of these. We, we literally have samplers that have like, samples of all the books. You can have one. Take it. Yeah. And then you can pick the one you like. What, what, what do you suggest as a first? So, okay, so oh, my I... My favorite question. Sorry. So honestly, I think that entirely depends on what you're interested in Star Wars. Like, I will always tell people to read Bloodline by Claudia Gray because it is amazing and, like, my third favorite Star Wars book of all time. Uh... But it depends on what you're looking for. Because if you're not interested in like a funny book where Lan uh, Lando and Han are having hijinks, then Last Shot may not be for you. But if you're more interested in the war side, then you want to look at Twilight Company. So basically, that's a longer question than... Yeah, I mean... Also, yeah. come to it's, more, it's more of a personality yeah. diagnosis. But in complete um, seriousness, if you would... if you want to email me I, and go over them, I will happily do that. <laughs> you're, yeah. in the right, you're in the right yeah. crowd. Yeah. Also, yeah. like, come talk to us after the panel. Yes. We won't bite, mostly. Yeah. Um, but, like, we love helping people find this stuff. Like, we do this stuff with our spare time, and we love helping people find books to read. And also, if you are like this gentleman and have not read any Star Wars books and want to know what they are, actually do, like, in a, a few minutes when we wrap up, I'm completely come serious. get these samplers, because we have them for you to read. Mm -hmm. And I'm so jealous that so many of you get to read Star Wars books for the first time. Because, yeah. honestly, I hadn't I didn't read... When I was, like, five years old, I picked up a copy of um, The Courtship of Princess Leia. I'm sorry. And was like, uh, no, and then I read the back of it. Then I read the back of it, and I was like, Leia would never do that. <laughs> and I didn't read another Star Wars book until Kenobi. Like, that was literally the window of, like, Damn. I did not read a Star Wars novel until Kenobi came out in paperback. So it was a while. And um, so there's it's never too late to start, basically. Yeah. Now yes. they asked me to write them. So, But seriously, I will, like... I will give you guys my business card, and you can actually email me, and I will give you personalized recommendations. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> okay, one more question. Uh, yes. What are your thoughts on Jedi Fallen Order? Ooh, great question. <laughs> um, yes. I'm going to let Chris take this one. <laughs> uh, um, I am excited at the potential. No, okay. I'm going to be real. I'm really worried. I... I Part of what I love about Star Wars is the potential for all these new original stories that we haven't seen or read before, and everything that we've seen of Fallen Order just seems to me like stories that we have heard before, and like particularly A New Dawn and the story of Kanan Jarrus and his uh, adventures and kind of like lost era after the fall of the Jedi. I'm, I am hopeful. I think that if you look back to Battlefront 2, what we got of the tr from the trailer of that game was 
like a cumulative, like maybe the first quarter of the game and then all of the rest of it was new and there was like a twist and it, there, the story expanded so much more. I think that's definitely possible and likely for Fallen Order and I'm excited to have a big single player Star Wars game. So, you know, I want to be optimistic, but I, I want original Star Wars stories and I'm not sure that's what I've seen from that so far. Um, I was on the celebration floor when the trailer aired, um, so I couldn't like hear it particularly well. Um, but it was one of those things where, like, as soon as it came up, you're like, "Am I watching a movie?" Like, because the, the it's it looks so good. Um, and then they played the trailer again, and I was closer the second time, so I could actually hear it. And like the way that it's the way that the trailer is made, it is one of the best trailers I've ever seen um, in terms of setting up this character really fast. Um, but like, there are, so, there are so many options in Star Wars, and I just feel like they were like, let's just make a white dude. We haven't done that in, wait, like 10 seconds? Mm -hmm. And so, um, so like they have, so that's what we get. And like, I realized that you can't like, you can't, for the reasons like you can't make a customizable main character or whatever, um, because they want it to be part of the collective story. And it's one of the sort of downsides is that mm -hmm. that's one of the downsides in games is that you can't have apparently, um, it's harder to make customizable characters, but I think um, the idea of making it interactive is always going to be a mark in its favor. So, mm -hmm. like the fact that, like, because you can read the Kane and Jarrah story, and that's okay um, in comics and in in A New Dawn, and then you can watch a little bit of it in in Rebels. But I think getting to play it is going to be fun. And I think that's where I'm sort of a little bit more, like if it was just a show or like just a book, I would be like, we've got this guy already. But because it's going to be interactive, that's the part I'm excited for is all the new characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm always I'm, excited to flop around with a lightsaber. So. Yeah, also <laughs> I feel like I'm just, I'm torn between being very excited because it's, it's gorgeous and it's cool. And the fact that we're getting to see Second Sister and the Purge Troopers who originated in Charles Soule's comic is really cool. Um, but again, kind of like EK touched on, I am very disappointed that the backlash that parts of Battlefront 2 got for, including the story, for things that were not a part of that. Like Battlefront 2, basically a lot of people wrote it off because of the loot box thing, which was basically fixed almost as soon as launch happened. And I think they have consistently tried to make a better game. The campaign was very well written. It has the best Luke Skywalker scene in almost the entire canon. And to me, as a woman of color and someone who really loves Aiden Versio, it's very disappointing to see us go from a story with a woman of color as the lead back to another white guy with brown hair as the lead and then being like, look, we're fixing all the things. Aren't you proud of us? And yeah. That's my, that's also my soapbox. Also with EA, so. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> really anything could happen, exactly. let's be real. All there's, right. there's a very wide range of outcomes for this game, yeah. and I don't think any of us know what it's no. going to be. Yeah. The thing is, I'm so, still excited about it, because yeah. the trailer yeah. was so good. Definitely. I have an easy sell. I have an easy sell, and I'm terrible at video games, and I'm still excited. <laughs> I'm excited for the droid, and to hopefully not be convinced to build a, se a second sister costume. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, you're doomed. Um, so we're going to raffle off some books now. Um, where is the... up? Oh, there it is. <laughs> so we are raffling off, again, um, this copy of Solo, and the Solo novelization, and Rise of the Empire, which contains Tarkin by James Luceno, and A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller, as well as three short stories. Um, 
and then I will tell y'all what we're doing with the samplers in a hot second. <laughs> All right, so reading off the last three numbers, I've got a 374. Yeah, come on up, pick one of these. And then I've got 379. Nice. Yeah. Yay. And is there anyone else in this room who has not read a Star Wars book and would like to get into them? Please? Yeah. Come All get right. the samplers. Come, get the samplers. Come, come on up and yeah. grab some of these guys. Um, we have 11, 11 left. Yes. <laughs> and um, while folks are doing that, um, if you would tell people where they can find you online. Oh, sorry. Um, I am online at EK underscore Johnston, um, except on Tumblr where they don't let you have underscores. <laughs> and then I am Chaos Bria on social media, basically everywhere. And also it's my website. Uh, I'm at Chris Cedor on Twitter, C-H-R-I-S-S-E-D-O-R, uh, and at Book Wars Pod along with Kate on the end. That's not on. Um, you can find me at uh, Lusitania, that's L-U underscore S-I-T-A-N-I-A. -A. Um, and so a few of you uh, d uh, didn't get um, sampler copies, but um, please do check out our podcast. Um, and if you would like to, like, if you didn't grab a sampler and you'd like to get into the books and you don't know where to start, like, come talk to us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm completely serious. I have my business cards. I will happily give them. I already gave them someone after the Phantom Menace panel. I will happily give personalized book recommendations. It might take me a day or two to get back to you, but please come get a business card. Yeah. And, and same for Book Wars Pod. We yeah. have pins of business cards over there. And same, we just want to help people enjoy Star Wars more. So yeah. Same, but I mostly answer questions on Tumblr because I get to use gifts. <laughs> I thank you all so much for coming. Yeah. It, is, it is late, so I'll, I don't know. I'm old people. I want to go to bed. So, But thank you. <laughs> Thanks, y'all.